and welcome to another episode of On the Floor with Wayne and Rob. I'm Wayne Highlander, National Sales Manager for Bone Adhesives. And I'm Rob Johnson from Bona Training. And guess what this is, Wayne? This is part two of the 100 year, 100, 100 year, 100 episode podcast. It feels like 100 years. Yes, we can drag this. This is, this is episode 101. Yes. That's what this is. There you go. The 101st. This is the 101st episode. There you go. 101, baby. All right. We'll start it out. So, again, uh, this is uh, questions from listeners that um, uh, are Eileen. Uh, I, I want to go back to the last show, though. You said something I need to clarify. You said you couldn't afford Ritz crackers, so you had to eat saltines. Yeah. I'm a saltine man. Really? Yes. Pauline's a Ritz. I'm saltine. We have we have both crackers. And all of my grandsons, all saltines. Okay. Here's my thought thought process about that. It's the same reason I don't like sh uh, shaggy or shabby chic furniture. Okay. That's okay. for yuppies who never were poor and had shabby chic crap growing up. If you grew up and your 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 walls are like like the finishes coming through the tables and the paint is kind of wore off the walls, you don't grow up and buy that kind of crap. I don't eat saltine crackers because that's like 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 in the, like eating pinto bean soup. I'm not eating pinto bean soup and crackers ever again. If you grew up on that crap, you ain't going back to that crap when you grow up. Okay, so, Ritz crackers, man, because everything tastes good on a Ritz. Um, I, I, I tell you though, I'm a saltine guy. There's nothing better than sardines and saltines. Nothing. It's, I, that's a good lunch. I can't go the, I can't go to those crackers, man. In fact, I see those crackers. You, I get depressed. You, you can't, <laughs> you can't do the sardines either. Cause that was a, a staple when you were a kid. I can do the sardines, but now I put them on the, uh, the uppity crackers, you know, the, the upscale, the Ritz crackers. Okay. So that's it for you. It's a, it's a class thing. You think Absolutely. Ritz are just more classy than a saltine? Yeah. When I eat them, wow. I know that I've, I've made it. Like I said, you you see shabby chic furniture. I got a cousin whose whole house is shabby chic. She's I think she's a millionaire. I walk in there, I see nothing but problems. I, I'm not I'm not into it, man. Not in the slightest. Okay. This and is the saltines are the same thing. That's that's the shabby chic of crack. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely right. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Okay, this is part two of our hundred episode podcast. And we're gonna we, this is questions from our listeners that we're gonna answer the question. Again, we can't get to all of them. Um, but we'll get thousands to and thousands of submittals. Yes, we'll get to just as many as we can. But again, I just want to remind our listeners if you sent in a question, whether we read it or not. Uh, Eileen, our marketing department is going to send you the price package, but it's going to take about four to six weeks before you get it. Uh, maybe sooner. I don't know. But um, uh, so we're thrilled to death that you sent in so many questions. And uh, thank you very much. And uh, maybe we'll for the guy from Australia, it might be a little bit more than four to six weeks. Yeah, the guy in Australia is probably going to take a little bit longer. Yeah. Why don't you, we'll give it to you when you come over here. There you go. Don't threaten him with a good time. No, I'm only kidding you. We're, of course, we'll, Eileen will send it out. Okay. Um, where are we at here? Let's go to um, 
Through the Woods, Chris Kritzner, excuse me, Chris Kritzer from Tampa, Florida. Through the Woods, nice name, great name of a flooring company. Through the Woods. Things, things outside of wood floors that help with floors, books, classes, exercises. Where is the industry heading? Yes. I, I do think it's very interesting when trades cross over. I'm always had one eye on a job on the uh, on the guys doing the cabinets, the finished carpenter. Uh, I always had one eye on him, and I always had one eye on the painter. I walked into a lot of walls, <laughs> um, but I want to. It's it, it becomes very interesting to me when trades cross over. You know, we pick up things from from painting the painting industry. We pick up things from from the uh, carpentry industry. So there are a lot of good books out there. The NWFA, I, you know, I'll tell you what, they've done a great job um, with uh, the um, problems, problems, causes, and cures and the different species, the, the book on the different species. Um, there's a lot of great carpentry books out there. Um, so much stuff on, on YouTube, man. Um, I, I'm big into marketry. That's a, that's a hobby of mine, and, and, um, and I, I love it. And, and uh, um, you know, that can be brought into the hardwood floor industry as well. Uh, certainly, um, Gene um, Klotz from Ren Renaissance Floors. If you've not, if you if you have not seen his work, he left this world too early. He was the the greatest master that's ever been in this industry. Uh, Renaissance floor inlays. You can see some of his work. I'll tell you what. The guy won so many floor of the years that he quit entering to make it fair to everybody else. It's not an exaggeration. Wow. I mean, he just no one could touch his work. I mean, the guy was unbelievable. So yeah, th those th those uh, those things are interesting to me. And well, uh, not not just because I'm in training, but man, I mean, think about you when when you and I were doing this full time. How much training there was compared to how much training there is now. So, and it just seems like the industry is, you know, going full steam ahead for more and more training. It's just incredible the feedback that we're getting on our trainings. And the waiting list now that that we've been putting together for trainings is just, you know, insane. So yeah. with the lack of uh, with the lack of a labor force out there, training is definitely where, you know, this is headed. Uh, one of the things he asked about was exercising. Um, me and me and Rob and I rather did a podcast on taking care of your body. But in, in, there you go. Look at them guns. In all seriousness, I'll tell you what, I, um, I can't call it a regret. My wife goes to yoga, and the, the amount of stretching she can do is I can't even get anywhere near that. I, I wish I got a bad knee, so I can't stretch that knee. It's, you know, it's never going to happen again. But um, I'll tell you what, man, it's no joke. Uh, you know, stretching, yoga even. Those type of things to take care of your body is is more important now. We live longer; our careers are longer than they were in the past. Um, I really think that it, you know taking care of your body is is something that don't take it for granted because you know Rob and I and a lot of old floor guys will tell you that um, you're bulletproof until you're not. And so, absolutely, uh, take care of your body and 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 do do the stretching and exercising, man. I. I don't have any regrets. I because what's the point? Um, but to do over again, that's one thing that I would that I would I would spend more time doing. Take care of your ears. My biggest regret 
as far as that goes, is my hearing. When I'm in a, in a, in a crowded room, I can't hear other people talk. I just hear a bunch of noise. Um, where's the industry heading? It's getting better and better, man. Uh, if you're a young guy, I sometimes I'm, I, I, um, I'm jealous of these young guys, man, of what the opportunities are, Rob. I mean, with this, with the, with the, the equipment that's out there now, the amount of money these guys can make, the, uh, the social media, the way you can share your work and learn from each other. I, the, the, the trade is, is still going to be strong. And, uh, I, I think it's in a healthy place. Uh, you can almost, guys are at the point, they can almost call their shots now on, on what they're charging. So Rob, I think definitely the industry is heading towards quality too. Where, you know, maybe back when you and I were doing a lot of it full time, it was, I mean, don't get me wrong, it was quality, but it was a lot of quantity too. And I, you know, I'm seeing more and more guys who are really striving for that quality type floor and, you know, basing their reputation on their quality. We're seeing, a, I think we're seeing a lot more of that than we did in the past. So I think that's another place that it's heading. I I, um, I think back in the day, there was a handful of guys that were like superstars, right? Yes. And it was yes. a big, big drop off to the next level. That's and funny when you said that because I thought of three guys right at the top of my head. Thanks. And the rest of us were just grinding it out, you know? Yep. I, there, there were like a handful of superstars. And then there was like a big drop off to everybody else. And now... There's a lot of guys on that level, close to that level. I still think you yes. still see some of the guys were still timeless. I mean, their their work would would hold up in any in any era. But mm -hmm. but there's a lot of guys now that are that are really 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 at that top level. So um, yeah, good stuff, man. All right. So, um, epic hardwood floors, Jorge Perez. Well, there you go. That, that, that's a that's a damn good floor man right there. Uh, what's with all? Uh, uh oh. <laughs> what's with all the smack talk about Bona? Why so much hate? Oh, the haters. New York Yankees, New England Patriots, Dallas Cowboys. Top of the you know top of the game, and they were probably some of the most hated teams out there. And I think. That's what you get with Bona. You know, we're at the top of our game. I know we're we're not braggers, but you know, some the industry leader, some people are just gonna resent it, I think. The lion does not care about the opinions of the sheep. I uh if I was ever gonna have a tattoo, that could be one of the top three choices. I remember the first time you said that. And I think you said it to me. You know what I mean? I think you were digging me about something. It was a yeah. dig. I had said, and I was like, that is a beauty. I love that saying. That's a yeah. great. Hey, and me. you know, maybe in the past, maybe Bona did have a little bit of attitude, but you know, look at what they've done. They hired you and I. I mean, I don't know if it was a PR stunt or, you know, they did it for real, but. No. You don't get any more down to earth than you and I. I think you you look across the room. I mean, we that's the thing. We just go about our business. You know, we really respect our competitors. Don't we just do our thing? Everybody else does their own thing. Uh, we, I look across the room and I look at the uh, the caliber of the guys we have, the uh, the integrity and 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 uh, 
just a good good bunch of guys. So yeah, we don't worry about. We just do our thing. Uh, Davidson Wood Floors, Lori Davidson, down there in Georgia, man. Good guy, good floor guy. I would like to hear you guys discuss the current situation with materials and flooring being in short supply. So many rumors and not a lot of fact. Love the show. Thank you, Lori, very much. It's an honor that you listen to it. Well, Rob, you want to talk about the state of the industry? I don't know which I hear. Well, for, for the longest time doing trainings and even when I was in, uh, you know, working the sport with the sport team, it was always labor. I think labor has definitely been one of the absolute number one issues in our industry. But, um, you know, lately, uh, uh, you know, probably in the last six or eight months, what I'm, the rumblings I'm hearing at the training is the wood shortage. And it's just crazy what I'm hearing because you hear it. Some people have wood, some people don't. It's whether it's a regional thing or not a regional thing. So, um, I don't know what the myth is. You know, you might know a little bit more. You're more geared towards installations. So, um, well, I mean, it's a global thing. It's not just in our industry. Um, it's it's across the board. I remember when this when this pandemic first hit. Uh, I went into Bass Pro Shops and everything was gone, <laughs> and there was nothing on the shelves. Partly because guys are fishing now. There's nothing else to do, uh, but partly because they can't get stuff. And now our industry now is competing with every other industry out there from 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 containers in Europe coming over here, uh, you know, bid, outbidding each other to get the containers. So we've been in good shape. I mean, Bone has been in pretty good shape. We we're very fortunate that we haven't really had any supply issues, but um, it's affecting everybody. And and of course, when that happens, I mean, prices are going to go up on materials. That wood flooring prices have gone up. I mean, it's hard to find cert certain uh, products. There's going to be longer delays. I believe it's going to last throughout close to the end of the year before it gets straightened out. The world can't come to an end pretty much. It's almost to a grinding halt and then just start back up and, and, and um, you know, not having any, uh, any repercussions. So it's a glitch in the industry right now. It'll get straightened out. Um, but the upside is there's a lot of work. Guys are working. It hasn't killed the trade. So I take that as, you know what, uh, it could be a whole lot worse. Look at the, uh, a lot of other industries got hurt worse than ours. So, uh, yep, it's uh, business in 2021. I mean, you're definitely glad you're not in the restaurant business. Yeah. You, know, you look at what the restaurants, what's happened in New York City with restaurants and everything. They said probably 40% of the restaurants in New York City will not reopen. So, like you said, for us, it's been a glitch, but you're always going to need to harvest trees, and it's just a matter of time before supply chain catches back up. So, this at Home Depot, guy sent me this text message from Home Depot. The following products have been limited purchase quantities until further notice, and then it mentions all, all kinds of different products. And then another sign... Due to industry-wide inventory limitations, we are unable to replenish this product at normal levels. So it's every industry across the board. So, I mean, you're bidding jobs. And I, I tell you, if you're bidding jobs and these jobs are six months out or whatever, I'd be very careful giving them a, a price on what the material is because um, they're fluctuating all over the place. 
So just be aware. You know what? That's a great point. It's funny because Bum and I, uh, before I came down to Philly, I stopped over his house. He needed to pick something up. And um, that was something that him and I had talked about because I said, he's going, man, I got a ton of estimates. I said, boy, you can't really quote out any lumber prices right now because, you know, you don't know where you're at. He's on the list for covering himself for jobs that he had coming up from the past, but it's his future work that that's what he's going to start doing is just saying, you know, here's the issue. Here's going to be what the labor price is and everything. The wood will just have to catch up once we can get it. Well, I mean, look at the prices of home. The, the, um, the, the framing package from, from your average three bedroom home or whatever has gone up like $30,000 or more just mm. for the, just for the framing members. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's amazing everywhere. Not only, but the other thing too is the price is going up one thing, but you may not be able to get the material. So you really want to, you know, take that into consideration. So again, we'll get past it. It's a glitch, I th but I do think it's going to take close to the year. I mean, the rest of this year before it kind of uh, evens itself out. So we've been very fortunate. So knock on wood, Rob. Um, thank you, Lori, for asking that question. Hunter, uh, there's no um, no uh, name here. Just an email. Hunter Dolunch. Sorry, it's a maybe it's an email address. It's not worded out right. Uh, plans for Bona in the future. What new ideas are they working on? Rob, should we just give it away right now and both get fired? Oh man, listen, it's something that I haven't seen in a long time, and I think Bona is uh, really on the right track for you know bringing back the strip mall carnivals. I'm looking forward to it. I'm not sure what I'll be doing, but like I said, that strip mall carnivals that we saw when we were kids, I I, uh, I know some people at Boner are thinking that's kind of a big deal. You know, it's a big shot, but I think they got a winner. I was um, traumatized at a carnival in England. <laughs> I'm so glad that I brought it up. But so was it a freak show or? No, it was a gypsy girl and a donkey. Um, and I was teasing the donkey and, uh, she, she, she wasn't too happy about it. So she said, don't do it again. And I did it again. She chased me for a block and a half before she tackled me, took her cigarette out of her, out of her hand, put it up to my nose and said, oi, how would you like to stuff this bag up your nose? And, um, I had previously been beaten up by another girl. You know, several months before that. So, you know, I apologized and, you know, said it would never happen again. You know, looking back at your childhood and what you've accomplished, <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I, it's a pleasure to even know you. I, okay? think it be. I, I mean, I'm, so, I'm just shocked you're not in the loony bin. But, man, look at, look at what you've become. Good for you. Absolutely. Way to overcome all that stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Hard knocks, brother. All right. So, uh, um, and I don't think I've ever met a guy beat up by more girls in my life. You, I, you've had more than three or four stories of beatings from girls. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, you learn. Okay. Uh, Anthony De Prima from Middlesex, New Jersey. What type of wood and finishes were your favorite and least favorite to work with and why? 
I'll go first on this. Um, I've uh, I've said before. I'll, I'll go quick on this. Bonapolyurethane has flat out never let me down. Never, not one time. Never, never let me down. That's that's one thing. Two, I can I can drive to the job right now. I could get in my car and drive to across country to the job that I first used traffic on. It was a maple floor, tough layout. I've talked about it before, so I won't go too much into it. But that absolutely positively blew my mind. That was that was a game changer. Another question was. Who are the biggest influences on your career? If you talk about like a game changer moment in my career, I am not making this up. Uh, I worked for the two Greek brothers. Very difficult layout, hot, terrible conditions. I put traffic on for the first time. That didn't get me. The day I came back and looked at it was what got me. It blew my mind. And so that, so traffic, traffic HD now. Um, my favorite floor is an easy one. I, I, uh, have been in love with white oak courtesan my whole career. It is the sexiest looking floor out there. Uh, walnut has snuck up to number two for me if it's stained. I don't like walnut if it's not stained. Silver's out over time. I like a, a walnut with a stain on it. But um, <clears throat> love white oak courtesan. All right. Favorite finishes, least favorite finishes. Um, you know, lacquer. Only just because of uh, just getting goofy with my dad and stuff with lacquer, you know, just a fun kind of thing. I mean, dangerous as hell and, you know, killed my great grandfather and everything. So I can't call it my favorite finish. Um, it has to be just water base, uh, especially where, you know, the guy who taught me how to pull the T bar invented the T bar. I go that, I go back that far. So for the longest time, we never worried about dry times. We never worried about uh, about all that stuff that you know buffing in between coats and abrading. And so, water base has definitely been my favorite products to work with over the years. Any water base, uh, least favorite is the uh, moisture cure. Just moisture cure. Uh, the wrong time of year could have been one of the most finicky products you ever work with. And just the, uh, the the protection, even wearing the charcoal filter masks and everything, moisture cure was still. It just it it made you sick. So that would definitely be one of my least favorite finishes to work with. Absolutely, my least favorite finish to work with. I one hundred percent will agree with that. Uh, I thought it was a road we might go down for a while, but it, it was very short lived for us, man. The other thing, um, the, my least favorite wood to work with is um, Douglas fir. Every time I did a Douglas fir floor, I swear it would be my last. I, I get no satisfaction from them. I don't like nothing about them. And uh, so there you go. We, uh, well, there's a ton of Douglas fir floors up in the Albany area. And we got into tons of them. And when we were using poly, they just never looked. It, when you got, got done coating it, it was like, geez, with poly, just never really popped and i will never forget the day we decided to go with water base on those floors and it it just changed the game on douglas for floors. they all look so good when we went to the water base and got away from the poly okay um 
So I'm going to go through some of these real quick because they were answered on different podcasts we did in the past, so, so we won't repeat them. But Samuel Friedis uh, from Trumbull, Connecticut, thank you for asking. Uh, he says, we need both of you in Connecticut to give us some info about bonus sealers. Thanks. We did an episode on bonus sealers, didn't we? Yes. I think we did. Think we did. Yeah. So I won't hit that one. Thank you, though, for asking the question. Uh, it's it, Definitely we did an episode on that in the past. Um. Another guy. Uh, oh, um, you know what? Let's uh, let's back up. We can I can answer that a little bit better. Uh, coming to Connecticut to do some sealers, uh, we have put together at Bona Training um, one day classes, and we're going to start bringing them out. I mean, now that um, you know travel restrictions and everything are starting to lift, one of the things that uh, we've realized is colors is really huge now so um what we've put together are one day sessions that we're going to be holding at distribution you know throughout the country and definitely we'll try to get a couple in connecticut because we get some great distribution in there and uh what it's going to be is kind of a first half of the day just going over the sealers and the glaze and tints and trans tint things like that and then the second half of the day, going to be going over the power scrubber, deep cleaning, the recode systems and everything. Just kind of, uh, so definitely look out, you know, watch your dist uh, distribution. And we'll definitely be um, coming to Connecticut sometime this year. I didn't know that. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm excited about that, man. I would love to get out to one of those, Rob. Maybe I can, but uh, that, that would be a, a pretty sweet class. Uh, yeah, we're looking forward to it. We think yeah. we can have a lot of fun. That's what I, I sent the, you know, I sent this out to the TMs again, and I said, uh, it, it's time that we all get back in the road and start having fun again, you know. And that's what these classes are. They're very informative, but you know, it's just going to be great to get back out, meet, and see everybody again, and just get back to having some fun and learning stuff. Well, you you bring so much experience from the sport industry that uh, that will cross over into this very nicely. I mean, you look at all those glazed floors on sports, what you guys are doing, you can you can do. <laughs> that would be a great class. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be great. We're looking forward to it. Uh, um, CT painting and hardwood refinishing asked about equipment maintenance, frequency, and importance. I'm not going to go back and watch that episode with Mike Rocher. Uh, he is a mechanic in this industry that is renowned he's been in the industry had probably 40 years or more uh we did a podcast with him so it's a podcast with mike roacher uh really good on equipment uh, great on equipment and maintenance and he really got in depth on yeah how to maintain different pieces how often to do it and everything so yeah that's definitely um a, a great question but a great podcast school back and listen to yeah Derek Swiegel from Habitat Hardwood Floors from Panama City Beach thank you uh, Derek uh, how about an episode with the new guy not only funny stories about hiring the new guy and all the crap we gave them but practical things we can do as business owners and crew leaders to successfully find and keep quality help you know number number one issue man yeah number we, one issue we've talked about that in the past but 
and it comes up frequently on this podcast because you know it, obviously it's a challenge in this industry but um you know what we will we will maybe hit that in depth on a podcast we'll bring in people that have uh um can add add something to that as well so i, I think that's the way we'll handle that thank you for the question um there we go all the way down in panama city florida let's I write that one down you're right you know what that wouldn't be yeah. a really good episode yeah uh, I hope he's going to the NWA convention in July. I think July 7th through the 9th, everybody, uh, down in Florida this year. Uh, Eco Wood Floors. Didn't leave a name. Next level tips for per perfect floors all the time. Um, we we touched a lot on that, I feel like. Um, we'll, we'll do some. I'm going to go back to a couple of episodes. Yeah. And yeah. listen to us play war. That one, and also we did one on the perfect finish. Yep, all the different perfect things finish. you can do for, for a perfect finish. So we we touched and on that final coat war. Absolutely. Yeah. Good call. Um, Matt Barnes from Woodpecker Floor Refinishing out of Pittsburgh, PA. Identifying different species and grades of flooring. Okay. Tell you what we're going to do with that one. First of all, the NWFA has a great book on it. Okay, number one. Number two. That wood species book is amazing. It's a great book. It's, a, it's um, an awesome book. And I don't know if the new book had it, but I remember the old book. It also showed the species coded. Not coated, but coated with oil and what it looked like with oil and what it looked like with water. Absolutely. I don't know if the yeah. new book still looks that way, but it showed all three looks. So, yeah, that yeah. NWFA guide was uh, a real good one. I still have that's one. A good, that's a good one. And I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll have Howard Brickman back on. Howard Brickman is a genius. I mean, you know, he, that, that man is unbelievably smart. We've had him on here talking about a couple different things. He goes so in depth. What episode did we have him on? Um, we never finish. We never finish. And I know we're having Howard on. I'll have like ten questions I want to ask him, and yeah. you can only get two. Howard Brinkman is gold. He's just yeah. Oh yeah, he's gold. Yeah. He's a nugget. Yeah. So we'll have him on, and we'll we'll go in more in depth on that. Uh, but thanks for asking. It's a great question. Uh, million dollar question. If you went back in time, would you do it again? I mean, working in the flooring industry or would you choose a different path? You want to go? Yeah, I'll, I'll go. Um, I, I love the flooring industry and always have. I mean, I was hooked from the beginning. Um, but what I, if I was looking back, you know, I don't have any regrets. There's nothing I would do differently. I mean, I, I couldn't have, but what I would have pre what I would tell a younger guy is man, get as much education as you can on the, uh, go to every school you can go to, um, learn as much as you can, uh, go to the, go to the, go to the, um, uh, the, um, uh, inspector school. Even if you don't have no desire to be, a, I'll tell you what, I could build the perfect floor man. I, I really could. Anybody, anybody could. Could you? You look at all the classes that are available right now to a young kid. If you take an eighteen-year-old kid or twenty-year-old kid, 
you could, it's almost like going to college. Put them around a school when Lenny Hall's doing the instructing. Put them at a bowling school and watch, watch, you know, fourth generation Rob Johnson teach him what he knows about finishes. Go to the, um, go to the, um, the, uh, why am I struggling with this? Um, the, uh, the, uh, come on, baby. You can do it. Go to the Come inspector on. school. The inspector there school you. was one of the best schools I've ever been to by a landslide. Okay. Go to those schools. You know, go to a stair school to learn how to do stairs. I mean, you could, there's, you could make a ton of money in this trade now, man. I mean, it is set up. Everything is, is set up for, for a young kid doing floors today. So get with a good company. Uh, look at Josh yeah, Hanson. You still haven't answered the question. Would I do it again? Yeah, I'm. I, it's, it's a long answer, I guess. But yeah, I would. Um, I wish. You know, listen, I got here, but I got here the freaking hard way, man. You know what I mean? This, this, this is not the recipe to get here. I've, I've worked months and months and months without a day off. I, My uncle you know, Fred used to call it the College of Hard Knocks. Yeah, it is, man, and. Um, so uh, I would do it again in a heartbeat, but there's an easier way to get here today than um, than than in the past. But um, uh, yeah, I do it again in a heartbeat. I love every part of it, man. I I've, I'm still inspired by the the work I see from these young guys out there. Social media has kind of uh, added another dimension to this for me. I love seeing what these guys are doing across the country, and I think it's a great industry. And absolutely, I'd do it again. I, I would. I have no regrets. Uh, it's not that I have regrets. I think that I've, I've learned something. My million dollar question, you know, would you do it again? Um, I'm just shocked of what I found out about myself with what I'm doing now. You know, for the last company I worked for and Bona, you, you know, to do all the training I've been doing and even, you know, coaching kids, uh, coaching bum and the hockey kid, you know, all all through his school days and everything. I never knew that I would love teaching and coaching as much as I do. And really, you know what they say, when you love something and that's your job that you know you never work a day in your life. And I feel like that a lot, you know. And if you had told me when I was 18 years old, you're gonna love teaching, I'd have I'd have laughed you out of the room, you know. So I don't know if I would have you know, maybe I would have tried to be a teacher but you know the great thing is i've always wanted to be a floor man all my life and now to be able to do both you know find another passion inside of a passion so i consider myself extremely lucky not sure if i would have gone the teaching route but there was a good possibility now that i what i know now that yeah i i definitely could but you know to be able to teach something that you love is Oh, it's fantastic. On paper, Rob Johnson doesn't work. Okay. <laughs> but you got something that is, uh, you, I just, uh, you, I don't know how to put a finger on it, man, but you, you do it better than anybody I've ever seen it, Rob. You are, uh, uh, as much as I tease you and what have you, you are a phenomenal teacher. I've watched you teach, and I, I I know I can't do what you do. I, I as far as 
in, explain things in a room and captive, captivate an audience in, in a classroom. I, 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 you either got that or you don't. I'm okay, but but you're you're damn good, man. I mean, I'll, I'll give it up to you right now. Uh, you wow, uh, this is a you got a way about you that um, that draws people in, and um, uh, so whatever. Like I said, on paper it doesn't work, but. Uh, <laughs> But you're damn good at it, man. So, uh, folks, that what we that's what we call a slap and a kiss, right there. Yeah. On paper, right. Rob Johnson doesn't work. I like that. Um, Rob bouncer stories and Wayne best fishing techniques. Questions: How to consistently sharpen scrapers. Um, I won't get into fishing stories because I I tell a lot of them and I, I will sprinkle them in here throughout the show. Uh, Rob bought bouncer stories in the interest of time we'll do the same thing rob all right we'll 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 but how about sharpen uh unless you got one right now you want to tell well everybody knows the mike tyson story and if tyson's listening yeah. anytime you want to settle that score you, you know you know my number so give me a call there you go i'm not taking odds on that uh sharpen scrapers you know, one of the funny things is when I first started this trade, it was one of the most frustrating things is me for me as an apprentice to sharpen a scraper. I I would my uncle would sharpen it for me. I go and I'd hook the corners and I go, yeah, it's beautiful. It get dull. I'd sharpen it and make it duller. He'd show me. <laughs> he'd show me, and and he'd sharpen it for me. And I go and I go, man, it's like it's like you know, beautiful. It get dull. I would do the same thing and I would make it even duller. For whatever reason, man, it was hard for me to to get that angle and put the hook in the in the scraper. And I don't know how we would teach that as a show. I don't know, but um, all I can say is at the trainings, one of my favorite things to do when we get into the scraping. Uh, and last week we did a lot of scraping. They one of the guys really messed up bad with the edger, and he's like, "We got to sand the whole thing over." And I said, "No, we're going to do a repair. We're going to do." I'll show you guys how to chase the grain and man, they just eyes popped out of their head. We didn't have to resand anything, fix the whole thing. But one of the things that I love doing at the trainings is getting guys who have scraped floors before. And I'll get everybody in a circle and I go, and this is how you sharpen a scrape. And I have my way of sharpening a scrape. And then I said, and I can almost guarantee you that you will not see any floor man scraper, sharpen a scraper like another floor man. If you take 100 floor guys and ask them how to sharpen a scraper, you're going to find a 100 different ways to get the. So just keep experimenting until you find your own way of how to scrape, how to sharpen a scraper. That's funny you say that because I, it's like your mom's spaghetti. Right, everybody loves their mom's spaghetti. Every everybody's mom makes the best spaghetti. But if you go to that guy's mom and eat spaghetti at their house, it sucks. It's not as good as your mom's. That's the way he did it. <laughs> when I sharpen a scraper, I turn my left ankle on its side and I and and I brace the scraper on my shoe and I do it that way. And I can't imagine doing it any other way. But I see guys. I don't. Know, I've never seen anybody else do it that way. I so hold you're it up right. here. I hold ah. it right up here. I brace it against this finger right here, perfect angle, and push as hard as I can and just uh, three or four. That's all it takes. Yeah, it's, no. It, you, you, there's just, I don't know. I, I don't know if there's a perfect way to sharpen a scraper. 
I will say this, do not sharpen a scraper over a wood floor, a bare wood floor. Mm. The nightmares that I have seen with this, you know, everybody talks about the rust spots. Well, if you haven't seen it, it's not a red rust spot that you'll get. It's a, it's a reaction, and the NWFA has done some articles about it and some pictures and everything. But, man, some of these scraper filings will fall onto a wood floor, especially the white oak. And when you put water-based finish on that, there's like a three-way reaction between the tannin, the water, and the iron in the scraping. And within a week or two, all of a sudden you get these dark gray spots that start to appear. It almost looks like the somebody ran a grinder and sparks hit the floor and kind of burned it type of thing. Crazy. Uh, one of the guys that I was dealing with, uh, he had an inspector come in and I, I mean, I never, I always mentioned, Hey, don't sharpen it on a score, but it costs this guy 20 grand. So now I get really crazy about, Hey, you know, we learn a lot from everybody's mistakes in this business. And I, I couldn't have felt more worse for this guy. I mean, it was a huge hit. And it was a huge floor, lots of stairs. So they're, you know, sharpening scrapers everywhere. And it just turned into an absolute nightmare. So, yeah, definitely find out your way on how to sharpen the scraper. But, you know, like Bum said to me one day, he goes, well, what do you want me to do? Run outside? I go, just carry a towel with you and scrape over the towel or a garbage can or something. But, man, whatever you do, don't scrape over these uh, bare wood floors. And I'm pretty sure more worse isn't proper English, but not. not, not what did I say? <laughs> I couldn't feel more worse for the guy. I don't think that's I proper. Couldn't feel more worse. I couldn't feel worse for the guy. Let me try that again. I couldn't feel worse for the guy. I couldn't feel more. There you worse. go. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You're um, right. More worse doesn't work. Yep. Uh, I would like better. an episode. I would like an episode. Oh, excuse me. This is from. Um, Elite Hardwood Floors, uh, Lee uh, Eugene Lee from Pensacola, Florida. Oh, uh, my man, Eugene. Are you, are you talking I gotta, about that? I, I, oh, God, talk about it. Listen, it, it's amazing I get paid for what I do because we have so much damn fun at these schools, okay? So, you know, uh, we take everybody – well, before COVID, we used to take everybody out. Once we can get back, we'll start taking everybody out. You know, this year we can't take the classes out for dinner. Anyways, you know, sometimes you just get sick of talking floors, you know? Mm -hmm. And you're with a whole group of guys that you never met before. So, you know, one of the things that I'll ask sometimes at the dinner is like, hey, you know, what's your favorite movie? And then everybody will go around the table and, you know, talk about their favorite movie. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, what, you know? So, Kid who used to work for us, and man, I miss this kid. He was just a super kid in training, and you know, broke my heart when he left. Uh, you remember Nico? Yeah. Oh, good guy. Good okay. guy. Yeah, just the right. Awesome kid. Yeah. Awesome kid. And it comes to Nico, and he says, "Oh, my favorite movie, hands down, Titanic." So, you know, we all started laughing because we thought he was kidding. You know. And uh, so I, I said, no, no, you know, really, what's your favorite? He goes, no, that's my favorite movie, Titanic. He goes, 
you know, it had everything, a love story and action. And so the whole table is just kind of cracking up and I'm not busting on anybody. Titanic's your favorite movie. Titanic's your favorite movie. Okay. It just struck me as funny that he would say Titanic is his favorite movie. Mm-hmm. So we're back in class the next day. And Nico gets up to do a presentation about something. And Eugene downloaded the Titanic theme song, right? The song. The song, right? Yeah. And every time, whether he was presenting or doing a demo, whenever he would start talking, Eugene would would play that song. And I'm Uh, telling you, we that class had to go an extra two hours just because... We were just laughing so hard. And Eugene was just nailing. the. I mean, the timing just couldn't have been better. It, it was just nice. Everybody knows that song. You know what I mean? That, yeah. that oh, Titanic, yeah. lovely yeah. song. And lovely. every time Nico would get up there and Eugene would play that song. And, oh, my God, that class, that was a lot of laughs in that class. That was a fun one. Good stuff. Eugene yeah. wants wants to know. Uh, I would like an episode on how to find good employees that don't mind working and learning the craft. It's so hard to keep younger helpers, even if you pay them, treat them well. I'm going to say something here. I think if I would were going back to doing floors today, I think I would have to change. I think that I would have to uh, change my attitude a little bit, because you know we you know. It was a lot different when we came up. It was a lot, a lot. I mean, you, you know, my, the way that we were talked to, like when my father-in-law, when I worked for him as a carpenter uh, apprentice, you would never, never, never talk to a guy like that today. You know what I mean? And I think that mm-hmm. I would have to look at myself and I would have to, I think I'd have to change. And I, I think that you have to, um, you have to treat these people more like, you know, we, we were treated like, almost like dogs man you know what i mean we were treated like we were scoundrels or whatever until we till they they thought we were we were good enough to even be you know sit at the table i i, I think that's gone i think you have to treat these guys as as uh you know with a little bit more respect maybe some more skin in the game maybe show them and and and, and get them involved in it to where they if it's just showing up every day and edging i don't think that works anymore I think you, you have to do that because that's the job. But I think along the way, I think you just have to make it a little bit somehow more interesting, more exciting for them. Um, I don't know. I, I think that's that that's a big part of it. And I show them that there is a future in this industry. I talked about it, you know, all the time. I mean, man, the opportunities for younger guys today. But if you're a younger guy today, learn as much as you can we had uh, kirk uh, dozik on the other day he talked about his son being in the game and, and how he how he says that you know you know guys are willing to to help the younger guys today we want this craft to go on but if, but you know learn to trade and just be aware it's hard work but it's hard work that pays off so mm-hmm. i don't know if that's the question uh, you know another place to look um you know like in our uh in my neck of the woods there. Both my daughters went to community college and are extremely successful. You know, my daughters, Emily and Rebecca, extremely successful 
we're going to the two-year college. Emily got the uh, degree in um, x-ray technician, Rebecca, dental hygiene. Well, there's also a carpentry class there, okay? And when I was in high school, I went to trade school, carpentry class. So I would say, stop in, man. Go in and talk to an instructor. You, you know an instructor would just love for a guy to walk in and say, I need help. I need a carpenter. I just need somebody with a little bit of a wood background. I'm going to train them. You, you know, talk to the instructors at these trade schools, these junior colleges, and these carpentry programs. Ask them to give you a couple of kids or even, you know, get in there and talk to some of these kids. It's like, hey, this is a pretty cool field now. There's a lot of great things going on. You can make some great money and really feel good about a craft, you know. And uh, I, I would say that's definitely I've given that advice to some other people. Uh, the company that I'm working for, uh, working with this week, the Miller Floor Guys. Uh, he did that exact thing. He went and, you know, he about three, four years ago, we trained probably a dozen new kids right out of college. Or actually, I think they were first year college kids for the help. And a bunch of them stuck. I mean, some of the guys we were working with today were part of that original class. And, you know, the great part about going in and getting these kids is they don't have any real bad habits. They don't really have any work habits. So you can really mold them into your work habits. I mean, that's that was half of the reason my dad loved hiring my buddies and everything. He goes, yeah, they're just high school kids. They they think they're supposed to work 70, 80 hours a week. So, you know, well, there's I think there's a good opportunity with with getting some kids that are in these trade schools and these junior college and carpentry programs and and bringing them into the business. So I, I, here's the thing though, too, Rob, when I moved out of California and in my storage, I had all kinds of wood left over. Exotics, oak, nice white plank, all kinds of stuff that I wasn't gonna be able to take with me. And I went to a high school. I tried to find a shop to give it to, to donate it to the kids. Um, and there was no shops. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, challenge but well, the other thing too is i think if you're if you're starting out a new kid a big pet peeve of me is this right here it, actually it's my brother calling right now uh uh call me right now but um the, these i think you have to sit the guy down and say look here's what my expectations of you are here's where in a year where i want you to be and here's how we have to work towards to get to that like it's almost a, a team plan you know what i mean like i have a future yeah. for you here's what it is but these damn phones, you got to leave these in the truck, man. You know what I mean? You're killing. You, they're, 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 I think you have to have that conversation too. So you got to meet me halfway. I'm going to teach you everything you need to know, but you have to know these are just not productive. So leave them in the car. We take a break at 10 o'clock, whatever. You want to get on there for 10 minutes, fine. But anyway, you got to meet the, the guy halfway. Okay. We, we might have an episode on that, too. We talk about that uh, a lot of times, so we maybe we'll do that. Um, okay, so the Limitless Hardwood Floors. doesn't say where he's from, but the name of their company is the Limitless Hardwood Floors. This is a good one to end on. What is the best method of coating with a tinted finish like, like Nordic Seal, specifically at 7,000 feet elevation and less than 15% humidity? Nothing like a All challenge. Right. <laughs> 
Here we go. That is okay. the tough floor. And we almost had those conditions pretty damn close. We had those conditions in uh, school we did a couple weeks ago in Chicago. And, uh, I mean, it was it was dry. And those floors have been sitting in a dry warehouse for a year. So things are extremely dry. And the finish was definitely, definitely setting up quick. So one of the things was, first off, you got to be moving. Okay, no radios, no talking, all hands on deck, total concentration. But I think what helped us the most was the prepping of the floor before we coated. Usually I take it to a 120, but because this one was so dry, we took it to a 150. We burnished it off to a, uh, we used multi-disc black 150 and really burnished that thing off. Then, of course, finished it off with a Tampico brush. We got it down, and it looked great. We had to move, though. I mean, don't get me wrong. There was no, no time to mess around. But also remember, we were training guys, too. So, you know, there was a little bit of a time lapse there, and we still got it down. But I think the thing that made us most successful was the slicking it off to a 150, burnishing to a 150. The other thing on a situation like that and what we had done there was I didn't pull Nordic first. I had pulled the natural. Natural sealant, I think, is a little bit more forgiving. Then we went with Nordic over the top and, you know, everything was great. All right, Rob, I'm going to say something that's going to probably surprise you. Um, so he says it's 7,000 square feet. You're not coating that by yourself. So I like what you said of, of prepping the floor and getting a really nice, nice, nice job on the sanding, you know, take it up to the, uh, the multi-disc really high. Um, say there's two guys coating the floor. Forget the cutting guy. There is no cutting guy, okay? Then if you're a guy that rolls, okay, let's roll the floor. Number one, Instead of rolling like you taking a you know a half the floor or, or you know or you're taking like let's say the room is twelve by twelve and it's seven thousand square I'm just going to do this for an example because I realize for a seven thousand square feet you're going to have big wide open rooms but just for example sake let's say the floor is twelve by twelve foot okay and some and usually when you're when you're rolling a floor you'll take like the whole twelve feet by three feet right you see what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Instead of doing that, instead of taking that whole room and that big section like that, take about two feet, the length of the room, okay? And, and the other guy's responsibility is only keeping that, that edge wet for me, okay? Do you see what I'm saying? So I'm, yes. I'm taking two feet at a time. The next thing is make sure you're putting down enough product. Putting that, because that's going to dry quicker on you. You've got all the, everything set up against you. So put it down heavy enough that you're going to get some, some open time. Have the one guy just keep with his roller. He's just keeping your edge wet. You can cut in for yourselves. There's very little cutting in anyhow with a roller. So I changed my application technique to now I'm, I'm taking like a two-foot span by the length of the room. The other guy is keeping my edge wet. We are always pouring into the wet. We don't pour onto the, onto the floor. Everything you pour is onto the wet. Okay, so you're not going to have those areas that set up on you too quick. And Rob, 
I don't normally coat like this. But when I have a tough condition and it says the situation is set up that way, that's the way I'm going to coat the floor. Mm -hmm. And so, you need to know these conditions too. Yeah. You got to have yeah. the tools. You got to, you got to check the moisture content of the wood. You that, need to know what the relative humidity is. So when you see low moisture content and really low relative humidity, you're going to feel, you're going to know. This is going to set up really quick. We have to be really on the game today. You don't want it to take you by surprise. It's the same thing that we always say. For instance, with a with the stain, that that can of stain is the same can it is in in January as it is in August. It's the same can of stain in Hawaii as it is in Arizona. It's the conditions that change, and that's why this job is. Is a skilled trade that you 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 know you have to learn your environment and those type of things. But there's a lot goes into this. That's why this job is is it can be difficult because every job is a different set of scenarios. The lighting is different. The layout is different. There's different challenges that you run into. But we'll end it on that one. We can't get to the rest of them. So if we didn't read yours, we apologize. We just went down the line and as they came in and um, uh, but uh, we thank you for sending them in. Again, you know when you said you. you when you said, oh, you know what we always say, I thought you were going to say that, you know, the rising boats have those great tides. No. no. You know, that's where I thought you were going with that one. I've given up on the rising tides. R raises all the, the rising tides. Yeah. Yes. We get, hey, 101. Yeah. We got it right. There you go. It took two of got us. Got it in. Um, again, thanks for the, Wayne, the, how many of these you think we got left in us? We can do another hundred. Hell, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. You know, um, you know what? 101. This has been two years. We've been doing this for yeah. two years. That's Hardly. crazy. Huh? Yeah. yeah. And we're doing them every week. Um, it's a, you know, it's a lot of episodes, uh, to, you know, to get one every week still after all this time. So, oh, we I got want to go back to one. I, I want to go back to one question or the million dollar question. You know, if you could do it over, would you, yeah. I thought for sure you saw yourself as an actor. Maybe that's what you should have been doing. You better keep that. Maybe video a, yourself. maybe a TV series or, you know, I, Fishing with Highlander. No, if I had that kind of talent, uh, maybe, but uh, no. Nope. I'm right where I should be, Rob. So, again, thanks for everybody listening. We appreciate it very much. Um, uh, we got some exciting stuff coming up for this this year, too, man. Uh, we got a lot of guests. We got some great minds in this industry that we're going we're gonna to pick their minds. Uh, and um, uh, it's going to be interesting to see which way it goes, Rob. So, I want to thank our listeners again. This has been another episode of On the Floor with Wayne and Rob. Please stay tuned for another episode.